Welcome to Stage Right. I am your host, John Thorne. Thank you for tuning in to the first ever bonus episode of my podcast. So the phone calls I've made in the last two weeks getting the show off the ground uh, surprised me a little bit in this regard. They've went as long as four and a half hours. So I have lots of conversation I can share with you. So I've been going back and forth. Do I do part one, part two, in some cases, part three? Or do I do bonus episodes? So I did part one and part two of my conversation with Pete Orta, and I still have another uh, piece that I can release that's actually almost another full episode, but I'll probably use that as a bonus episode as well. So just um, thanks for sharing and listening to it. Um, If you have friends that love contemporary Christian music, please let them know about the podcast. We've already got Episodes with Scott Allen from Milan Lefevre and Broken Heart recorded. Got Billy Smiley from Whiteheart. Kirk Sullivan from For Him is coming up. So we're going to give you the best show possible, and I really appreciate you listening and sharing and supporting us like that. Before I get to the second half of my conversation with my good friend John Schlitt, we'll be talking about songwriting, producing, and his new album, Go. I just wanted to let you know one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was to not only look back at all the people we love to listen to and read and all that, but to look forward and give you a chance to see what all these amazing people are doing in their life now. Go online and support them. Give to their ministry, buy their book, buy their album, go see their movie. Do whatever we can do to uh, help support them and tell them that we still love and appreciate them. So, all right. So now part two of my conversation with John Schlitt. So, John, tell the listeners, after we've had lunch at the Chinese Buffet, Mm -hmm. and I drop you off at your house, Mm -hmm. and you go in your studio, and you start writing songs, what is your process for songwriting? Whatever God allows me to have. I mean, it could be anything. I could could have an idea and write down words, although that's usually not with me. Music is more my—I need to hear a a hook line musically, or a, a chord change, or that kind of thing. And I can I can go any direction. I could write a, uh, the, the chorus first, and then the verses, or write verses, and then the chorus finds itself. Uh, but I usually wrap myself around music. I need a a, a good tune that that uh, I'm excited about that that strikes an interest in me. And and at that time, it's not just that simple. I need to have a, a Usually I write when I know I have a record to do or a CD to do, and I have a thought about what direction I want to go with that CD. Right. So I, I like I, I try to give a common denominator to all the, the songs of that record. Although you don't let it stifle uh, a thought that comes out just out of the blue. You just carry it. So... I, I don't know if I've done a very good job of answering this this question. It's oh just, yeah, it's really it's up in the air. It's up in the air. It's whatever whatever strikes a, a productive chord in me, and that's how I get going. Well, when you collaborate too, it probably depends on who you're writing with. Oh gosh, yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I won't. I don't think I'll ever probably. I don't know if I'll ever write another song by myself. Oh wow! Because so- the collaboration. Man, this this record, the Go record, absolutely is one of the best records I've ever done, and it it was it was the most fun because I got to write with everybody I wrote with were amazing. It was amazing input, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I think this record is as good as it is. Uh, and just to be part of each of these songs is a total blessing. So why should I try to carry the load when I got 
these ridiculous writers that want to write with me. So as long as I've got folks that want to write with me, Absolutely. that's the way to go. It is, it is a great album. In fact, everyone listening should buy five copies and give four away for Christmas. It's so good. Well, thank you, buddy. I, and you know what? I won't argue with you. Uh, and I can, no, I can say that because I was only part of it. Right. I was only part of it. Right. You're a huge part of it, even though you like look at yourself equal. Um, I have a question though, regarding this album. Sure. Okay. So mm-hmm. going from songwriting to producing, why did you decide to use three producers? Tell the, tell the story about why you came to that decision. Well, it was a very busy year that year. I had access to guys that were all really good producers. My son-in-law and I had worked with uh, my, the last four records I've done. He and he was uh, my producer. And it's, the, it's sort of an understood thing that after a certain amount of time, you're supposed to change producers. Well, Dan and I worked so well together that I didn't want to do that. But at that time, Dan was touring with Michael McDonald, and his year was already pretty full. So it was a good excuse to say, you know what, Dan, I'm not even going to ask you to do the whole record because I know you don't have time. And my original goal was to have four producers and have Dan do, uh, have Dan do uh, four songs and the other three producers do two songs apiece. Hmm. And those producers, those producers were going to be Mark Townsend, John Larry, and John Alfonte. Well, John Alfonte is a is a <laughs> um, real estate tycoon, hmm. and and he was right in the middle of moving from one of his mansions to another, and he he didn't have a studio. And when I say mansion, John just John, I, I'm very impressed with John's taste in in. Uh, houses he does a fantastic job uh and so that's what i meant by that but but he finally said john i don't have my studio i don't think i have time to do it this year i said that's cool buddy i just wanted you to know that i would like you to be part of it since you're part of the j band and i was really going to feature a lot of the j band uh with this record so john john larry uh, finally did three songs mark townsend did two because I'd never really worked with Mark as as a, in a producing stand, you know, where, where we wrote. So he was a new he was a new added for me. I'd worked with with uh, Dan forever. I worked with Johnny. Oh my gosh, for years and years, they were very comfortable. But I wanted Mark, and I didn't want to take too much of a chance. So I gave him t- two songs, Johnny three and Dan six. So and that's how it worked. Wow. Well, it's it doesn't sound like there was three producers. Oh no, no! And again, that was God. There, we had a meeting in the beginning uh, with the four of us, and we, you know, uh, we talked about having more of a '70s rock feel. You know, the mm-hmm. the uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, who just uh, I named a couple of bands that I really love, I, I, including uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash Young. I want a little taste of of some vocal stuff, right. and. So all three of them took their, went in their own directions, and and you know each one going, well, how's your, how's Mark doing? How's John doing? How's Dan doing? What's Dan doing? Yeah, it's it was funny to watch them because you knew uh, that that competition. They're all re- ridiculous, so they all want to make sure that their stuff is equal to everybody else's, and and that was just uh, 
I'll tell you what happened. When I finally had all 11 songs, I got to listen to them finally at the, the pre you know, the pre-mastering stage. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how perfect they mixed together. I mean, it is remarkable. It was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely God. And, and again, the only song that, that I, that we wrote that was, had something to do with the whole picture was the title cut go. And that was the last song we did. Uh, Mark and I wrote the song together and I couldn't, it couldn't have been more perfect. It was just the icing on the cake. Just the, um, I just, I'm still blown away with it. I, I'm very pleased with this album, uh, with this CD. And, and I'm, um, I'll tell you, I was worried because The Greater Cause is a great album. Yes, it is. And I was actually very concerned that I might have hit the peak on that one. And uh, this next one, if it didn't match up to it, it would be the old, well, he should have quit when he was ahead. Kind of <laughs> but, but, I don't need to quit because no. I haven't hit the peak yet. This this record is the peak, and I I can sense now that uh, as I'm working with these other guys that if I decide to do another one and and, and it wouldn't be because I'm making a lot of money because this one hasn't. Um, but if it if it feels that I need to that I'm supposed to do another uh, group of songs in the future, I have a piece about it now. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, God, God is in control, and He certainly has been a has really blessed me on this one. No, it's a fantastic record. So let's start at the top and go down the list.
we just listened to the title cut go give me your uh, initial thoughts on that uh icing on the cake it really it's the perfect song for the title of the record it basically says stop sitting around you you, you have time to sit around it's not that's not the commission go go don't be afraid go forward uh go with trust understand god's got a plan and that's uh, and that's that's what that whole song that's what the whole album's about but that song really refines it down to a, a very uh, uh, narrow, narrow thought. Right. That's, that's, it's a great song. Okay. My, I think my favorite right now, because every time I listen to the album, it kind of changes, but my favorite song right now is Feel It. <laughs> that's because it rocks your socks off. Come it on. does. Uh, that song, uh, it's just, you know, uh, when I say feel, well, you can't be a Christian. It's not about feelings. It's about, yes, it is about feelings, too. You, God uses all our emotions. He, we are creatures of many different, uh, of the seven senses. And when I say feel it, it means use your whole, your whole being and go in there and, and feel the, the, uh, the drive that God has for you. And, and, and because it is that rocker, it meant it. Blend, that message blends very well with the with the musical style. Sometimes I feel like I'm losing control. Never been. 
Okay, so a song I wish I had a chance to play, in addition to Feel It, is the next one, Higher. Tell me about Higher. <laughs> well, it's, again, notice it's, it's a movement song, you know, to Higher. Basically, never set, never be satisfied with where you're at. There's always something better. And, and I mean, not to a point of, of being frustrated, but, but allow God to take you to that next peak. Yeah. There's always the next peak. Allow God to take you higher. It, it just, it's uh, pretty self-explanatory.
not perfect I make mistakes And I go through hurt and pain along the way But you give me strength So I'll be strong So I can do all things to live this life of love vision of your heart is clear You hold me close to you And you settle on my fears Looking
now the song we just listened to, Fighting the Fight, that is a mm. signature John Schlitt song. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. It's my wife's favorite, and I'll have to say that uh, um, it, for slow songs, it's one of, it's one of my favorite. I'm, I haven't sang it live yet um, uh, because of this Cronus thing and uh, Corona thing. And I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to singing that song because I think it goes under the category of no doubt, uh, right. uh, love, prayer, uh, uh, thankful heart. It, it's in that same vein, I think. And uh, it's for a singer, that's always a really uh, exciting thing to be able to do. It's, I'll tell you what, it's, it reminds me of Inside of You. Yeah. Which, one of, which, which was... Uh, uh, the slow song off of Shake, my first solo record. Yeah, it's a wonderful song, Fighting the Fight. So we're going to listen to another song, Just Let Go, coming up in a minute. But before we listen to mm -hmm. that, uh, give us your thoughts on Just Let Go, which is another Go song in the lyric, even though the theme of the song is Go, or the theme of the album yeah. is Go. You've got three songs with Go in the title, which I love. And did you notice where I positioned on the, on the CD? Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right, one in the beginning, <laughs> one in the middle, and one at the end. There you go, buddy. Absolutely. It was, it was a structure. It was a structure that I think is very, again, self-explanatory. Stop worrying about peer pressure. Stop worrying about what other people think. Just let go. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Stop letting the world uh, tie you up and, and getting in the way of what God has for you.
Now, there's a couple songs on this album where the title, mm-hmm. the, the title alone tells you what the song is. <laughs> what an amazing song. Time Keeps Rolling. Yep, and it does, buddy. And at, at my age, I needed to do, there's two songs on this record that basically are sort of de- dedicated to my age. <laughs> and this is, and this is one of them. And it's basically, you know, I, I'm singing. To, I'm not singing to kids. To, uh, hopefully, there'll be a lot of kids that do listen to this because it's a, it's a classy record. It's a, it's a skillful record. But I realize that probably my listening base are people more uh, plus or minus 20 years of my age. Right. But it can't be plus because there's nobody around. Okay. Uh, let's say let's say are 30 years below me or not. Okay. Uh, that I think that would probably be the major base. And this song. It is a, a reality check. It's basically saying, you know what? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? Because time keeps time, time keeps rolling along. It's and, such a creative um, way to say this, though. I mean, the song is so fantastic. Thank you, thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. Mark Mark Townsend and I wrote this song together, and he was a major input to it. Major input to it. So I want to give him all the credit for that because, uh, again, I don't know if I would have written it that way, but Mark and I together, it was it was great. I, I really loved it. it and it, again, his his music style. I tell you what, when he gave me the music, uh, it was one of the hardest songs I had to write to. I, hmm. I just I couldn't I couldn't. It wasn't my style, you know. It wasn't my style at the time. Right. Uh, with what he gave me acoustic wise. And so it took a while for me to write this, and then when, and then he came along and and started putting the electric on it, and all of a sudden, once that electric was on it, and and uh, you know more of the the band sound, all of a sudden it just clicked. It clicked. I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. You guys nailed it, absolutely. And let me let me stop and say this for parents out there that want their kids to appreciate and love good music, buy it and play it in the car when they're five years old. Don't wait until they're 15 and they start liking stuff that's not good. <laughs> Buy John Schlitt's new album and play it for your five-year-old so when they graduate from high school, they've heard it for 13 years. Boy, I like your attitude. Very good. I'm, you have to be intentional with kids and music or they end up growing up and liking crap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. You're right. Absolutely.
All right. Now, I love Where Would I Be? It's kind of like a throwback 70s gospel. Yep. Um, so how did that song come yep. about? Well, a friend of mine, actually, he helped me paint my kitchen. All right. When I redid my kitchen, he came in and he was a painter. And uh, as, as all musicians are, we have another job normally. And his job was a professional painter. Wow. And but he's he's a writer, guitar player out of Michigan, and actually uh, had a studio has a studio in his house. And uh, he was a friend from church with me. And um, I went over to the studio, a little bitty room, you know, just one of those little shed type things, air conditioning in it. It was just, and he had this he had this this. Uh, rhythm and blues feel uh, I get it no it's it's a Motown type of feel and I I wrote this wrote the words for it and uh, we started getting it down he did a demo and I liked it I thought it was it, it had a cool feel and so it sat around for a while and uh, uh, it was one of the songs that I pre- I presented to the producers I presented to Dan and he goes we can write something better than that so I said, okay, Dan, Dan's not in it. As, okay, as spoken by in. a true son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I said, okay, Dan's not in it. I'm not going to waste the time on him. Uh, but then, well, then I went to Johnny, who is more, you know, he's out. He's from Michigan. He's a B3 player. So he, yeah. So he's like going, ooh, that's got a cool feel. Yeah. And I explained to him what I saw it as it. You know, I thought it could be this and that. He goes, oh, Yeah. And he's going, oh, yeah, we can do that. And, and so I go, okay, good. So he started with it. And Johnny, if, he, if anyone that doesn't know who John Lowry is, one of the best keyboard players in America, yeah. uh, is one, one of the most underrated producers here in Nashville, which is saying a whole lot. And he, he is, he's a rocker with a whole lot of, of rhythm and blues. And he took that song and just took it to the next level. Had to write a third verse, and I tell you what, I'm more happy with the third verse than I was with the first two, and I really like them. So it really told the story. It's basically my testimony in rhythm and blues. Right. I, I definitely got that out of the song. I kind of felt that right well, away, that that was your story. Yeah, well, you would. You know me, buddy. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much my testimony in rhythm and blues, and it just feels good. feels good.
Now we just listened to Find a Way. And that's another song with a retro vibe, but still sounds new uh-huh. and fresh. It's not, it doesn't sound dated, but Find a Ways. Oh, and it's also kind of got that Crosby, Stills, Nash vocal vibe you were talking about. There you go. There you go. That's all we have to say. Beautiful song. Uh, it's the longest song. It's the longest song on the record too, which is, uh, which is funny because it's it's uh, it's a slower song. Uh, it has a feel to it that just just can go on forever. I mean, it just it just. And again, this was Dan producing, and when I sang it, it it was probably the biggest. Uh, it probably was the hardest song I sang because it had to be very emotional. And um, it was in a lower range for me, and uh, um, it, it, which we meant to do, because Dan was Dan goes, Dad, you don't need to be singing in the stratosphere all the time. That's that's actually sort of dated. I'm going, it is. Well, that's where I, he says we're going to put you down a little lower. I said, well, then people will say I can't do it anymore. No, well, I'm having sing high stuff. Um, so that song was actually very tough to get to because I'm used to going in a certain uh, uh, you know range of, right. of vocals and this was uh, on a little bit of a lower side and it really took a lot out of me so uh, when it was all said and done I was like oh that sounds great but I, I want to give Dan more credit for that than myself it was just a well-structured well-produced and and like I said Dan and I and uh, oh shoot I can't think of the co-producer we had he was amazing just the three of us worked really well with that song. Dude, it, it turned out great though. Thank and you. it might have been south of your comfort south of your comfort zone, but it's fantastic. Well, Dan likes to do that. He likes to rock my boat. He, um, <laughs> if you'll notice on the Greater Cause, I hardly have any vibrato at all. In fact, in fact, one of his buddies go, "Boy, you did you did by, you know you you did vibrate or vibrato to your your father-in-law." <laughs> this one did, and it's like. Come on, Dan. He just likes to do that. So um, it was it was good. It, and he he's done a great job with me. Even now, you can teach an old dog a trick. Dan's constantly trying to do it. So tell everyone who Dan Needham is. Okay, Dan Needham is my son-in-law. He has been. He is. Uh, he is a drummer extraordinaire. A, a place with Michael McDonald. He played with. Um, oh shoot! Uh, the uh, singer for uh, for chicago um peter satara peter satara he plays with peter satara he's played he he's basically an a artist in nashville and that's hard to do right. he's also he's also produced some uh, albums for uh, uh disney uh he's been my producer for the last all all the records up up to this one and then he did six out of the five songs for this one everything he's done for you has been fantastic i agree i agree and that's why yeah he he and he listen he has gone way over he works his tail off on me here and he and he puts me through the ringer he's sort of like john alfonte was when when we were doing uh petra stuff he put me through the ringer and dan also put me through the ringer with my solo stuff <laughs> so so uh and you need that. You need somebody that goes, uh-uh, you ain't resting on this one. Right. You're going to, you're going to work your tail off. This is this, you got to listen to this rest of your life. If I don't, if I don't make you work hard, uh, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. And and he was right. And he did a great job, has, has always done a great job. Well, producers are absolutely essential 
in making someone better than they were before they started that album. Amen. Anybody's a self-producer is cheating themselves. That's right. Now, there are some that can do a great job, but I think they've, they've cheated themselves because they, they aren't putting in another, another idea and they aren't stretching. Right. Okay, so let's get to a song I've listened to a few times in the past month. Okay. Fake News. <laughs> <laughs> Love that song. I can't even tell you how many hundreds of times I've listened to this song this and month. And it doesn't get old, does it? It doesn't get old. It's such it, a great song. It it has a message. In fact, what what freaked me out was the first when the record first came out, I was getting comments from all over the world, and this this fan, uh, this friend or whatever you want to call, out of Brazil, goes, "I can't believe your song, Fake News. That is amazing." I'm going, Brazil? <laughs> wow, that's cool. And it was like, because I will say that. It had it, it had more of a local meaning to me. Um, I I am disgusted with the way things are with politics today, but I'm also disgusted with the phoniness of of religious teachers too. Right. So fake news actually is synonymous for lies. Lies in general. And when I was yeah, and when I was able to do that, when I was able to equate fake news to lies. Then it opened up. It became a Christian song. Right. That was my big word. I wanted to write fake news for the obvious. I'm, I'm disgusted with the way things are every time we turn on the TV. But I'm a Christian artist, and I want my music to be Christian based. Right. And if I, if I would go totally political on this, it would disappoint a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I felt very, I felt very honest when the song itself fell into fell into this message uh, when the second verse came around, and I realized, oh, thank you, Jesus, and it totally became uh, a more of a lies are destroying lies are destroying us, and and this is this is what I call it, and uh, but it it does. Say a lot in both directions, and I, I love it. Like, like uh, you're playing Russian roulette. I love that. Now that came from Johnny. That was his. That was his uh, uh, sentence, and I thought I, I love it. I just, it just fills, it fills the the, uh, the whole focus of the song. Yeah, it's it's really sad how the world has embraced lies as truth and made truth lies. Exactly. What's going on?
So the next song on the album is called Let's Go. It's another stinking great song. <laughs> and, and, and Dan's rapping. It seems like Dan likes to rap. And there's, a rap song in, in the, there's a rap song in the last two albums I've done, and Dan's a rapper on it. It's like, Dan, I'm not a rapper. You know, how am I going to do this live? Uh, but it, it, fits, it fits well. I, and there you go. There's the go song. You know, it's a, it's just a, you know, it's like, don't sit around. I, it, again, it's, it's said in a different way, but it's really, again, it's a message of don't sit around. Right. Let's go do it. Do it. It was probably easier for Dan to rap it than teach you to rap. Oh, oh buddy. <laughs> Listen, as you well know, you know me, I'm not a rapper. And, and I've made, I've been made fun of many times. I tried to do it and I'm, I'm not trying, I'm not trying anymore. <laughs> So, uh, so Dan can do it. If he wants to put a rap thing in there, fine. I'm just probably won't be doing it myself. So what can I say? <laughs> right. Uh, that's what tracks are for, you know? That's right. Down. Well, I'm starving. 
So the last song that we just listened to from the album is Not Dead Yet. Now this is you throwing down the gauntlet saying, hey, don't throw dirt on me yet. Actually, it's just, it's me facing the reality that the industry could care less what I'm doing, which nowadays with the internet actually allows me to still exist, uh, which is actually pretty cool. So... I am basically saying because there's new opportunity, the same opportunity as far as I was as far as I'm concerned, destroyed music the way it used to be, yep. is now allowing me to still function with the same tools that destroyed, and that's the internet, that's uh, you know all the uh, social media, it allows me to be heard, and even at my age, I've got something to say, yep. so I ain't dead yet, and that's what this song's about the know-it-alls, the, the uh, I'm cool and you're not, um, the critics, all of them, there's, there's a line or two in there for them too. So is it a um, rebellious song? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a rebellious song coming from a guy who's been around for a while, and this is what I have to say. Well, it's funny because you always hear in the church, you know, God's raising up this generation. Well, if you're alive today... God wants to use you. Exactly. You don't time out because you're, you know, you hit 30 and all of a sudden you're of no value. The way I see it, people don't know anything until they hit 30. Oh, buddy. People shouldn't open their mouth before 30. Uh, then they should think twice before they do it. But, uh, but yes, it's, it's ba- Thank you. I'm glad you're putting words in my mouth. It's good. <laughs> uh, uh, it, 
it really is. It's it's you're not dead yet. Right. Keep going. You're not dead yet. You're 110. Well, you probably are going to say something really, really uh, amazing that's going to change somebody's life if you just say it. Right. Or the way you function. How do you? You know, we are always as, as Christians. We are. We're His voice. Yes, we shine His work. Yep. If we allow it. If, if we, we allow don't, it. we can also turn it. We can also turn it off and be a waste. Hey Rockstar provides digital marketing software and services to generate more leads, more exposure, and more revenue for your business or organization. Let Hey Rockstar amplify your awesomeness. So I know, but do you want to tell the audience how old you are? You just had a birthday recently. Yeah, I had a big 7-0, uh, which is actually really scary for a musician. But I'll be honest, I'm too busy to worry about it. And and that's pretty cool. I, you know, I, back when I thought at 65 I'd be retired and and building houses or something or furniture, uh, but that's not that's not how God planned it. I mean, I'm I'm doing more musically than I've ever done in my whole life. I mean, I'm doing more writing, I'm doing more singing for other people. Uh, I'm I'm just it's it's like I'm just getting started, which is really cool. I, I, I sort of wish it had happened 30 years ago, but but um, 30 years ago I was busy doing something else. So it, it's uh, I have no complaints. Uh, time, you know, uh, age is what you make of it, and I'm hoping to make a lot of things still in the future. So let's take it for what it is and go a day by day, and uh, hopefully I'll be around for a while longer, at least for the folks that want to hear me. I just have to say, for those that heard what he just said, I want you to listen to these songs and think to yourself that that voice is 70 years old because you're singing better at 70 than most people sing in their dreams, <laughs> in their in their sleep. Well, again, and that's give the credit to God because it's not something you well know that I don't take care of my voice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ice, ice cubes, Diet Right Cola, chocolate. I mean, anything I can do to mess things up as far as the, the typical critics for vo vocals are, I do it, and God still loves me enough to keep my voice. What can I say? All right, so I want to give you a few questions here real quick. Okay. Rapid fire. This is Final Jeopardy. Questions from some listeners. Oh, cool, cool. Do you ever watch yourself on YouTube? I try not to, no. I, I, I do not like to watch myself on, on YouTube. Have you ever stopped and reflected on the impact that you've had on the body of Christ? Once in a while, uh, only when somebody makes a big deal about it, and I realize that the, that they're not, you know, just blowing smoke. Right. And uh, usually after that, it takes. I'll, I'll have a lonely time. You know, I'll be in my hotel room and I'll think about it, and that, and that uh, uh, is a little humbling. The impact is tremendous. And for so long. To me, you're on the Mount Rushmore of contemporary Christian music. It's you, Russ Taff, probably Michael W. and Amy. Wow. That's mighty. That's mighty amazing company, buddy. Thank you. I think there'd be a lot of people who disagree with you, but I appreciate your thoughts. Well, if I went with for him, that would take up the whole mountain. So nobody else would be on it. <laughs> and they deserve it too. You're right. Hey, Maybe which reminds me. You were, an, you were, you've been an actor. 
Jack. Weren't you in a For Him video in the early 90s? I sure was. had a big old cigar in my, in, in my mouth, and it was actually smoking, and I almost passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that song Roller Coaster Ride? I think it was, yeah, about the about the card plan, and, the, and the, that was fun. I had fun with that, and like I said, that cigar just freaked me out. I actually talked to Kirk last week. He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. Oh, good. Tell him I said hi. I, I appreciate those guys. Those guys are good people. Yeah, they sure are. Okay, one more question. Go for it. Do you, this is the last one from the listeners. Do you have a favorite song that you've written in your life? Oh, boy. Um, no. No, I'm very pleased with a lot of them. I, I can name 10, maybe, if just to be fair. Uh, uh, Wake the Dead, Inside of You, Go, uh, uh, Feel It, uh, 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 Just Reach Out. There's, it goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. Even even uh, One Against the Other uh, with Head East way back when. Uh, oh, <laughs> just, yeah, there's... Uh, guys, I've been doing this for like 40, 50 years, 50 years. And so there's, there's a lot of songs. Come on. Narrow it down to just one, John. Yeah, I can't. I love all my kids. Come on. Okay. So everything we've just talked about in the 93 minutes of your life, I've taken up on this phone call was to get us to this point. What are you doing with John Schlitt Ministries? That brings us full circle on Stage Right with John Thorne. This is the first ever bonus episode. To find out what John Schlitt Ministries is up to, listen to episode one featuring John Schlitt. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Please share our podcast with your friends, anyone that might love contemporary Christian music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Have a fantastic day. Don't forget, Thursday at 12 noon, Scott Allen from Milan Lefevre and Broken Heart.